Hi, I'm Riley Moynes, author of The Four Phases of Retirement and its sequel, The Ten Lessons. We're speaking with people who are squeezing all the juice out of their retirement. People with widely divergent backgrounds, experience, and expertise. People with stories that can inspire and encourage you, too, to squeeze all the juice out of your retirement. Thanks for joining us for today's conversation. Here we go. Today we're talking with Dr. Jim Morris, a longtime friend from Thunder Bay. Jim started uh, as a teacher and, uh, and then along the way made a number of rewirings and continues to squeeze all the juice out of his retirement. So Jim, welcome. Thanks for being here. Uh, you started your life as a teacher. Tell us about the background. Why did you decide that you wanted to teach as your career choice? Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, it, as, a, as a high school student, I was an athlete in many areas and went on to Queen's to get a degree in physical and health education, which naturally leads for most of us into the teaching profession and the coaching profession. So uh, as a result, uh, I guess my main emphasis was on working with, with uh, students, working with uh, athletes, and uh, enjoyed uh, a fairly long career as a, a teacher, coach, counselor, and uh, had many, many pleasant uh, experiences with, with uh, uh, students, and I still see many of them today. Jimmy, you started your teaching career actually by going to Jamaica, which is a little bit unusual. How did that happen? Yes, indeed. When I was at Queen's, I, I knew a number of Jamaican students, and in chatting with them and uh, talking about opportunities to teach, and one little sidebar is my father was actually born in Jamaica. So in chatting with them, you know, first question I said, well, they, do they need teachers in Jamaica? And yes, indeed, they did. And so one thing led to another, and I was contacted by a headmaster at a, at a high school in Jamaica and signed a contract and went there for three uh, wonderful years. What made you come back? Well, one thing, uh, both my, my wife's family and, and my family were back in Thunder Bay, and uh, it, it, it just was something that I felt I, I wanted to do, but after doing it, I thought, well, I've get, I have to get back to reality, living in the sun for three years and so on, and, and getting back to uh, uh, my own type of, of teaching situation was what, what drove us back to Thunder Bay. Mm -hmm. And my wife, by the way, is a nurse, and she nursed for two of the years we were there, and so she had a wonderful experience as well. Mm-hmm. So you came back to Thunder Bay and you dove into teaching and spent about 20 years uh, in well, education, uh, various uh, over roles. 20, over 20 years and uh, uh, made some, some great memories and coached most sports that, that phys ed people coach, basketball, football, track and field, gymnastics, golf, uh, you name it, track and field. You, 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 as a phys ed generalist, you have to coach uh, what teams are available. And after about 20 years, you decided to make a switch. Well, as the saying goes, we're here for a, uh, a good time, not a long time. And after 20, well over 20 years, I thought, well, time to make a change. And uh, well, what can you do as, a, as a, a phys ed guy? Well, you meet people, you talk to people, you, you uh, uh, coach or, or counsel people. And uh, as a result, I thought, well, why not uh, go into sales? My father, by the way, for 40 years was Mr. Christie Biscuit. He sold Christie's Biscuits in Thunder Bay for many, many years. And so I thought, why not sales? And one of the, the sales opportunities uh, turned out to be uh, real estate. So I did the qualification exams 
for uh, uh, the real estate course, took the course, and uh, took a two-year leave of absence and started selling real estate, which was, was a great career, but uh, uh, type A behavior, I tell you, you work 24-7 as a realtor. Mm -hmm. So you spent two years selling real estate and then went back to teaching. Yes. I mean, I had uh, two, you know, very, very exciting uh, high-pressure years. And then I decided to, I had had a leave of absence from the, the Board of Education. So I went back to my original position at the school mm -hmm. that I was at and taught for another two years. And then the bug got you again, and you were looking for another change. Well, the big change came when Dr. Riley Moynes at Moynes Securities uh, enticed me to, to join his firm. And so I thought, what the heck, why not go into financial services? So I took the courses for uh, mutual fund sales and brokerage sales, etc., and joined uh, Dr. Moynes' uh, practice. So this is a guy who uh, who kind of reinvents himself uh, over and over and over again as we're as we're going to see and we're really just getting just getting started. Uh, after about three years in financial services, another change. Another change well, was a bit longer than three years, but uh, uh, as as a physical and health education teacher, of course, one of the things that you you stress when you're doing health ed education courses or, or classes is the whole area of smoking and trying to get students to either become non-smokers or to not smoke at all. And uh, an opportunity arose where I was approached by the local cancer center to, to join their staff in the prevention area. And uh, I was hired and soon became the quit coach, working with uh, smoking patients, family members, and community members. Uh, and I was there for 13 years as the quit coach at the mm -hmm. local cancer center. So what's the thread that, that links all of these together, Jim? The teaching in, in Jamaica, the teaching back here in Canada, the real estate, the financial services, the quit coach. What, what's, the, what's the tie that pulls them all together? What, what's the constant here? As I think I've told you, Riley, on occasion, my mother used to say, you have ants in your pants, whether it's... Uh, 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 the attention span wasn't there, but uh, <laughs> I, I just enjoy doing different things, uh, learning, educating, mm -hmm. uh, and and working with people. And so at the, at the cancer center, of course, as the quit coach, uh, one of the big benefits, of course, is you change people's lives completely, and hopefully they live longer, healthier yeah. lives. Right. Looking to have an impact. Uh, after uh, some time then at the cancer center, you, you launched your own practice for a couple of yes, years. Yes, I, I left the cancer center and had my own private practice, my own office, etc. But uh, socialized medicine uh, outweighs uh, individual practices in, in, in Ontario. Uh, if people have to pay for services, it's different than if the, the government, the, the health system is paying. Right. So I did that for two or three years. And uh, income has to uh, equal outgo, as they say. <laughs> so if the income wasn't there and the outgo is there, you're working. And, and uh, uh, it wasn't as, as uh, uh, shall we say, as, as prosperous as I would have liked mm -hmm. to have had it with my pri private practice. All right. And during this time, Jim, you, you, you wrote a book called Live to 126. Right. The, Tell the, us about that one. Live to 126. Uh, how to Live a Very Long and Healthy Life. It's a small book, but it has a number of, of uh, key points that I try to emphasize with people as a health educator that uh, 
Uh, and, and I do presentations, do workshops and seminars, and the title of the seminars is uh, How Long Do You Plan to Live? Mm -hmm. And where I talk about the different ways in which people can live healthier lives, live longer lives. And uh, it's a bit of tongue-in-cheek as far as the title, because where the title comes from was in the summer of 2017. I was listening to Quirks and Quarks. Many of you know the CBC Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon program, Quirks and Quarks. And Bob McDonald, the, uh, uh, the gentleman that runs the program, was talking to a, uh, a researcher and an expert on longevity, and uh, uh, what really jumped out at me listening to the, to the program was his statement was that in 2017, a male child in Canada born, uh, the life expectancy would be 126. The average life expectancy would be 126. And uh, that really jumped out at me. I thought, well, if some little young kid can live to 126, I can live to 126 too. So I wrote the book. But what I point out to people is that if I'd have written the book in 1920, the title would have been Live to 81. Because in 1920, the average, uh, which would have been unheard of, lived to 81. People have said, gosh, people can't live to 81, or very few live right. to 81. The average life expectancy of a Canadian male in 1920 was 59. Right. So we've come a long way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, people uh, interested can get that book. Yes, it's sold on Amazon. And also, uh, the the uh, the way and get in touch with me, of course, is I I also have another uh, uh, hobby activity that I do that Riley may mention in a few minutes. But I, uh, a number of years ago, I invented a, a wonderful, uh, uh, useful uh, item called the bear stick. And the bear stick is a hiking stick that can be used defensively, and it's basically a hiking stick that has a, a, a six and a half, seven inch Ardock spike embedded in the handle, and the handle comes off. And so if you are confronted by an aggressive animal, say a bear, a wolf, a cougar, coyote, whatever the wild animal is, you have at least a chance of keeping the animal four feet away. Mm -hmm. And I, I sell these at craft markets, and, and I do sell some on my website, uh, thebearstick.com, thebearstick.com. And I sell a lot across Canada off my website, and I actually do ship them down to the U.S., right. The walking, st or the hiking stick with attitude. Yes, and uh, uh, I know all kinds of people who hesitate, especially if we're in northern Ontario. There are bears all right. over the walking trails and hiking trails and camping trails, and I've yet to talk to a hiker or camper or blueberry picker or fisherman that are on the trails out in the in the bush, uh, away from civilization. That there's always a little voice in the back of their mind saying, "What do I do yeah. if I'm suddenly confronted by what an if? aggressive animal?" Right. Well, if you have a bear stick, at least you have four feet between you and the aggressive bear. Jimmy, where did the idea for the bear stick come from? Well, I did Aikido for 20 years with Japanese martial art, and in, in that particular martial art, there are three weapons. A tanto is a wooden knife. You do knife attacks, knife defense. A boken is a wooden sword. You do sword attack and defense. And a, a, a joe is a hiking staff or a walking staff, a 50-inch uh, hiking staff. And for several years after I started hiking and camping with my wife, 
I hiked with my Joe. Then I started thinking, well, that's okay if you're in the dojo with a partner working on kata, but what happens if there's an animal? So I went to Home Depot, bought some doweling, figured out how to get to the Ardock Spike into the into the uh, main shaft of the, of the hiking stick. Mm. And my wife and I hiked with our own individual bear sticks. And then my friend who I'm sitting here talking to, Dr. Riley Moynes, Kept saying, Jimmy, why don't you make them for people to buy? Monetize. Monetize. Well, that's a new expression, but monetize. And indeed, after starting to, to make them, I, I started to realize, well, all kinds of people are very comfortable hiking with a bear stick. And it's like anything in life, you want to reduce risk. When you're in a car, you should wear a seatbelt. When you're in a canoe, you should wear a flotation device. When you're on a bike, you should wear a helmet. Maybe when you hike, you should hike with a bear stick. Mm -hmm. And uh, every high, uh, bear stick I've sold, I say to the person, I hope and pray you never have to use it defensively, but hike with it. Right. right. And you visit these uh, craft shows really uh, yeah. across northwestern Ontario? Exactly. And, uh, I go to that's where summer almost weekly or on weekends. I'm at craft shows, uh, uh, markets, and so on. I do sell them off my website, thebearstick.com. But the majority of them I sell face-to-face -face, where people actually see them and say, gee, this is interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, they're not that expensive. I won't get into that. But uh, uh, if people uh, are comfortable with them, they find they have value. They're, they're uh, uh, certainly everybody that hikes a hiking stick, whether it's a bear stick or, a, or an ordinary hiking stick, it's mm -hmm. called a third leg, uphill, downhill, using it for support. Sure, sure. And you've been doing that for, what, five, well, this six? is the fifth. Uh, this is the 5th September coming up. Yeah. So there aren't many people that, that I know who have had the variety of, of, of experiences, both during their working careers and making adjustments and then in, in retirement. I'm not sure, Jimmy, whether you ever consider yourself to have retired. You just keep reinventing and rewiring. Right. Uh, I used to say my best years are going to be between now and 90, but hey, I'm approaching that now. So now I say my best years are between now and 100. As I get towards that, I'll say the best years between now and 126. <laughs> but if you, if, you, if you have a purpose in life, if you get up every day and say, what am I going to do? And, 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 and keep yourself busy and occupied and, and fit. And I want to get into diet, and that uh, is one key element that I stress. Mm -hmm. But as long as you have a purpose in life uh, and, and get up every morning and, and, and have a desire to keep moving, well, uh, uh, who knows? Uh, right. But for you, there's more than, than, than a purpose, which to me kind of implies a reason for getting up, and that's certainly important. But it seems to me that there's a, a thread through all of the things that you've done is that you're really trying to help other people, too. Exactly. I mean, uh, uh, one example I think I've used with, with several people is as a coach. As a coach, uh, one of the areas that I really loved coaching was gymnastics. And, of course, gymnastics is the, uh, the, the, the weak sister in the sporting system in the high schools. And getting gym time, because there's basketball, football, volleyball, badminton, etc. So for years, roughly 20 years, when I coached gymnastics, guess when our time in the gymnasium was? Seven in the morning. 
So Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for years and years and years, I was at the school opening up the gym at seven in the morning, mm. and our gym team, gym, uh, uh, gym club, uh, worked out from seven to quarter to nine for years and years and years. Mm. And uh, I loved it because the kids certainly got something out of it, and and it was contributing to the schools and contributing to their uh, their uh, the world their well being. Do you have or have you ever had what some people refer to as a as a bucket list, a kind of a number of things that you just want to accomplish? Or have these things evolved in a kind of a different way for you? Things with me seem to evolve. And uh, I, I hesitate to make bucket lists because I think people make the bucket list, which I, I understand is a recent innovation as far as uh, people's uh, uh, way of living. I, I tend to feel if you make a bucket list and you plan and plan and plan and then do it, there might be a letdown. So I just let mm. things happen. I don't want to put things down on paper. I don't want to things put the. But if you're planning something, you certainly say, well, mm. okay, I'm going to do it. But as far as making bucket lists, I just let each day come along. Mm. I do my planning, but uh, certainly I don't like to say I've got a bucket list. Right. So what, what are the criteria then that you would use in making a decision from going to Jamaica to doing real estate to financial <laughs> services to the cancer center to well, bear sticks? What, what, what attracts you to I how do you make those decisions? Some of these decisions, I, I thought about them for a short time, mulled about them, and then I thought, well, let's do it. Don't procrastinate. Let's do it. Yeah. And once you make the decision, you say, okay, I'm going to move towards that. The other thing that, that maybe you didn't mention was I I uh, traveled with my wife and uh, two kids out to the University of Oregon. Mm-hmm. Went across the country from Thunder Bay, Ontario to Eugene, Oregon. and did my master's and doctoral degree way out on the West Coast. Right. Why? Because I knew a couple of friends who'd done graduate work at Oregon. It sounded wonderful. <laughs> I have a very supportive wife. And she said, okay, if you want to go, I'll, we'll go. Pack yeah. up the kids, head out to the West Coast, mm-hmm. which takes two or three years out of your life. So once again, we're here for a good time, not a long time. And, Although you're uh, aiming for a long time, too. If well, you're yes. Aiming I'm, for and and even longer, even longer. <laughs> longer than that. So when you hear the phrase, squeezing all the juice out of retirement, which is really kind of the theme that we're working on in this podcast series. What, what does that mean to you? Well, I think no matter what phase you're at in your retirement, uh, keep doing different things, keep doing new things. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and I don't want to be in the meaning of people, but I see so many people that have retired that are in Thunder Bay, and uh, they go from coffee shop meeting to coffee shop meeting. They right. go to one at nine o'clock, and then they go home for lunch, then they go for two o'clock. And Certainly, they're involved in things, but uh, mm-hmm. you know they're with the same old guys, the same old group, and and that's that's great if they want to do it. But right. uh, I think that would drive me crazy, right? You know, so newness is part of it for you. Newness, doing just new the things. excitement of doing of yeah. doing new things. Um, at, and when you hear the phrase "don't retire," at least in the traditional sense, but rewire. What does that mean to you? And does that fit for you? Does that resonate with you? Well, I used to say, uh, do you know the big event after you retire is you expire? The new phrase is rewire, but I don't want to retire and then expire because I I used to work with so many people, and as a teacher, they would be counting the days down. How many days till I, you know, I I have my retirement? And I say, well, the next big thing is how many days am I going to be here before I expire? So don't count the days. Just reinvent yourself, rewire, 
don't expire. And it's coming to all of us. And uh, uh, to me, hopefully later, but uh, hey, just keep doing new things. Keep rewiring. Jimmy, thanks for your time. I appreciate it. Thanks, Riley.